I'm your host, Seth Day. I use he, they pronouns, and you're listening to Rad Child Podcast. Welcome to Rad Child Podcast. Thanks for coming back. You're here. Uh, we're here. We're all here. Today, we are going to be talking uh, a little bit about blended families. And we're also actually starting what is going to be uh, ongoing. We're doing a little bit of a different format today. So usually we have uh, several guests on at a time and we have kind of like a round robin discussion. Um, and from now on, we are going to be, I, should, I say from now on, in general, because who knows what's going to happen. In general, uh, I'm going to be now doing two uh, separate interviews with folks and just kind of mashing them together. Uh, so it'll be one interview and then the next one. So you'll hear kind of two different perspectives. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully you like it. <laughs> I think it's going to keep things a little more organized. And, you know, because sometimes like, for example, today, we're, you know, talking uh, to one person who, you know, is coming more from like a, the parent perspective, and one person is coming from more the kid perspective. So the questions are just going to be different. So it, it you know, kind of makes more sense. Anyway, before we get started today, <laughs> I also wanted to acknowledge that I realized that I started doing land land acknowledgements, excuse me, and then I forgot that I started to do them because I have ADHD and this is how my brain works. So I'm going to start doing them again. <laughs> I just, you know, want to take a moment to acknowledge that the land where I record is situated within Jojage, the traditional unsurrendered territory of the Ganyuge Haga First Nations. Uh, and I really encourage everybody to like take a few moments to learn about the land that you live on and like just take a critical look at your relationship with the indigenous communities around you because there's actually, um, there's actually a really awesome website that I mentioned before called native-land.ca that'll kind of tell you where, what indigenous lands you reside on and a little bit about them. Um, it also has really uh, awesome info about like how to do land acknowledgements and just different kinds of things. It's a really useful website. And despite the fact that it's a .ca website, uh, it covers all of North America and some of Australia as well. So yeah, I just encourage everybody to kind of uh, take a look at and you know think about other ways you can support Indigenous communities. So I'm going to invite my wonderful guest to introduce themselves. So we're going to just do our name, pronouns, uh, where we're from, uh, relationship with kids, and relationship with the topic. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. I am also from uh, Georgiague or Montreal. I am the, the person who edits this show. Parting <laughs> <laughs> the curtain. <laughs> uh, in terms of my relationship with kids, um, I have two, one stepdaughter and one uh toddler who's uh, two and amazing <laughs> uh and i also um spent a really long time working with kids when i was like a teen and young adult uh doing like church camps and things like that uh back when i cared mm. about church in terms of my relationship with the theme yeah like i said i have a stepdaughter uh who has been living with me for um Oh, math is hard. Almost four years now, I guess. And um, wow, uh, I also grew up with, uh, you know, in a single parent home. And at some point during my childhood, uh, one of my mom's boyfriends moved in with us. And so I had sort of a step parent for a little while as well uh, mm -hmm. in my like teen years. So, yeah. Awesome. So you've got like both sides of the story a little bit. <laughs> so side note, is Toby really two? Or I don't know. If, is your child really two now? Yeah, or yeah we can two? call him Toby. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Toby's, okay. uh, Toby's no. two and uh, Ray is seven. Oh my yeah. gosh. So Rhea's like lived with you for like the more than half of her life. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, wild. I know. <laughs> I guess I guess uh I think she was three and a half when she moved in. So wow. technically oh she's gosh. lived with me for exactly half of her life and she just turned seven. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's how that math works. So anyway, as you know, because you edit this podcast, mm -hmm. every every episode asks they start with the same question, which is, you know, has there ever been a time where a child asked you a question you weren't prepared to answer or kind of caught you off guard? So I mean, you know, <laughs> 
I edit the show, so I definitely hear people say this all the time. And every time I'm like, you don't need to say this, but I'm going to say this. Uh, yeah, all the time. And it's hard to pick <laughs> an example. <laughs> oh, you know, this is a weird one that just came to mind. But um, yeah. I was making shrimp. I was I was in the kitchen, you know, getting a marinade ready for some shrimp that I was going to grill. And uh, Rhea comes in and she's bored and she's, you know, watching me make shrimp. And she's asking a bunch of questions about it because, you know, that's what kids <laughs> do. And um, I was explaining to her that um, so she thought like, you know, she was like, they don't have their heads on or whatever. They're, you know, she she was surprised by how small they were. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, this is kind of just basically the size that shrimp are. Like, they're, it doesn't have a head, but otherwise it's, this is just the size they are in mm-hmm. the water. Like, they're they're really not that much bigger than this. And she was surprised. Um, and she was like, but why do they take the heads off? <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, I guess because they don't think people want to see the head of the thing they're about to eat. <laughs> and Fair. she's like, well, why not? And I... <laughs> Could not possibly tell you why someone wouldn't want to see the head of the thing they were about to eat. I just know that I don't really. I guess I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm like I don't know. Like you don't eat the head of the shrimp usually, and like they already are, you know, taken off the shell and like less work cleaning its butt. So you might as well just take the head off and throw (laughs) it out while you're at it. And then I have to explain the whole you know poop vein thing. Shrimp is weird. Oh yeah, shrimp is weird. Are weird. I agree with you. Okay, so here's a question that I did. I'm going to catch you off guard. Okay. How do you say plural of shrimp? Yeah, I have a pretty loose uh, relationship with the English language. So mm-hmm. I, I would probably just say like, I don't know, shrimps. Shrimps. Okay. Okay. Uh, because how many I say shrimp sh- are there? I think. Yeah. I oh. say shrimp. I say shrimp. I, I do not add an S, but mm. we get we get um we get recipes from like a a, a box like a, one of those subscription boxes, and they sure. always say shrimps, but they're francophone primarily. So I'm like, that's so cute, shrimps. And that's what that's what my wife says too. She says shrimps, but I always say shrimp as an anglophone the yeah. English speaker. I think yeah. it's I think the plural is just shrimp, right? But I that's think shrimps I think is okay to say. I think it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> shrimps. <laughs> Yeah, shrimp oh, is, in fact, I guess, like, it's just like fish. Shrimp is the plural of itself. Yeah, right? But if someone says shrimps, like, it, it's not No, it's not. It's not bad. I just yeah. think it's cute. Shrimps. Yeah. <laughs> I usually go with shrimp or shrimpies, you know? Shrimpies? Yeah, a little shrimp. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I love how we add ease to the end of everything, like, especially with kids. We'll be like, eggies, shoeies. Like, we just, I don't know why we do that. And then we're like, why do our kids not say real words? So moving on to uh, diving into the topic a little bit, I'm curious if you can, you know, just sort of tell us a little bit more about, like, your family makeup and kind of how it came to be. Sure, yeah. Um. Well, so my partner, Teffer, who um also, you know, is, on this network <laughs> and little, has little been on this here. podcast one of the very first episodes either the first or second yeah yeah um, who uh, if people listen through this whole show like through the ads at the end you've probably heard teffer's voice <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so teffer um left their ex uh I, I guess about three and a half to four years ago and uh needed a place to move in and we lived you know I lived like two blocks away and, Mm -hmm. you know, we were working together at the time and we're good friends. So, you know, Teffer and Rhea moved in here and then, uh, you know, a few months later (laughs) we got together and, uh, yeah, so since then, you know, our, our kind of family makeup is, you know, the two of us and then Rhea and then uh, 
I guess about two years ago now, uh, right around the time you and I met, actually. Yeah. Um, we had Toby, who yeah. is uh, delightful. I mean, he's oh two, God. so he's like, you know. He's so funny, guys. Yeah. <laughs> two is two is a fun age because it's like yeah. a lot of fun, except also awful. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's like like the, one of the twins that I nanny, Nora, is delightful. Like yesterday, she... We were, uh, one of the adults and I were trying to have a conversation about something and she was trying to get our attention and she happened to be commando at the time. Sure. Um, she doesn't like wearing diapers. And she just went in the middle of us, turned around and said, that's my butt. And that was how <laughs> she got our attention. Yeah, um, works. But then also she like scream for 30 minutes. So like, you know, yeah. because I won't get, because she yesterday also, she, I asked her what she wanted for snack. She said a banana. I gave her bananas. She said, I don't want a banana. I was like, okay. I gave her pineapple. She wanted pineapple instead. Then Arthur tried to eat her banana. Then all of a sudden oh, she yeah. wanted the banana, but she just wanted to hold it and not eat it. Uh So uh eventually she forgot about it again and I gave it to Arthur and he ate it. And then she got mad that I didn't give her, I didn't want to give her another banana. I'm like, you lost your banana privileges, kid. Oh Um, yeah. No, losing banana (laughs) privileges happens a lot around here. (laughs) But anyway, so I'm, uh, I'm curious, you know, how, how you and Tuffer uh, initially kind of talked to Raya about when you sort of shifted from like that kind of, you have sort of an interesting situation because you shifted from kind of that like friend role to like parental role. Yeah. Like how did that go? Well, it's funny. Like I kind of shifted from like, so like I've known, I met Tuffer when, when they were pregnant with Raya. So like, like, like I think we met at like 39 weeks or something. So like the first day that we met nine months pregnant and then we didn't see each other until the baby was born. So I've known Raya her whole life, right? Uh, So I kind of went from like, you know, family friend figure to like roommate figure for like a little brief period there and then to sort of parental figure. Um, And that conversation was kind of, I mean, it wasn't too complicated. Like, I think that when you're introducing, especially I think if you already live together, Mm. there's, and there's already that relationship of trust. Like we kind of came into it like from like a pretty like easy place with that where it's just Mm -hmm. sort of like, yeah, like, you know, Tom is an adult that you can trust. <laughs> Tom is an adult who loves you and cares about you and, like, is your step-parent, which is, you know, a fancy way of saying, like, you know, a parent figure who is not, you know, one of your original parent figures but loves you all the same. Yeah, oh, I love that. Also, I just realized, like, it just clicked to me that your, I mean, not that your name is Tom, just clicked to me, but um, my stepdad's name is Tom, and Tracy, our next guest's stepdad's name is also Tom. So Tom is just the name that your step-parent has to have. Yeah, well, Seth, I I didn't know how to tell you this, but I actually just married your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good to know, good to know. All Toms. It's because it rhymes with mom. I am everybody's step-parent. Funny enough, my my stepdad growing up was named Tim. So <laughs> close enough. It's yep. only one letter off. Oh my gosh. So if you're a step parent, now you know you need to change your name to Tom. Yep. So I know you were talking about the fact that you you know have had. I don't know if you currently still have a step parent or had sort of a step parent figure. Um, but uh, when you know how old were you when your step parent came into your life and sort of uh, how did your parents talk to you about it? Yeah. So so like I said, kind of I alluded to earlier. Uh, I grew up with a single mom who. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when I was 10, she started dating a guy, Tim, who became my stepdad. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was fine. He was kind of boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, we, we didn't ever really click, but, like, mm-hmm. he was, like, nice to me. So, you know, whatever. I think, yeah, he moved in probably when I was, like, 10 or 11. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, my mom never really, like, talked to me about it beyond, like, you know, hey, this is Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's moving in with us. 
be nice to him, you know. Okay, um, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, we had we had like I said, kind of a an okay relationship at mm-hmm. best, where it was like you know there was uh, he, I, he clearly cared about me, I cared about him, but I think that I was already like. I was at a stage of my childhood where I already had kind of like established myself a little bit too much yeah. to just like readily take on a step parent. Totally. Because I was sort of like, I haven't needed a dad for the past 10 years. Why do you think I need this now? Mm. Um, so I always was a little bit more like, I, I was never like super rude to him about that or anything. It was just sort of where I was at in my head. Yeah, um, totally. So so for me, it was, you know, yeah, this is my stepdad. He's He's a nice guy we don't have a whole lot in common and like, I don't really, you know, think of him as my parent necessarily, but like, whatever. Yeah. I, uh, when I moved out, um, when I was 18, I guess about a month later, my mom told me that she had been hooking up with her boss for about six months at that point. (laughs) Yeah. And that she was leaving Tim and, Mm. um, I was like, okay, well, you need to tell him because uh, that's, uh, you know, you, like if you need to at least let him know that you are leaving him, you can't just, you know, ditch him in the middle of the night. Correct. Um, and uh, then she did. Um, oh my and I got gosh. a phone she call. Told him from or him. ditched him? Ditched him. And I got oh a phone call gosh. the next day from him being like, hey, uh, did your mom leave me or did we get robbed? Uh, so oh that my was fun. Gosh. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so she moved in with her boss, who then uh, immediately, you know, tried to take on a step parent role in my life. And I was like 19. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like, no, <laughs> we're not going to have that relationship. Uh, and he tried to push that really hard and uh, was a, you know, homophobe and a transphobe and a douchebag. So um, I don't really have a relationship with my mom anymore. Uh, but she knows where to find me when they eventually break up when she realizes he's a douche. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so she's no. Still, she's still with him. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I don't really talk to Tim anymore either. Um, yeah. We just sort of, you know drifted apart it was it was awkward because I you know cared more about my mom than I did about him so when my mom left him I was like look man I'm sorry (laughs) like it what my mom did to you was not cool uh you know good luck with everything that's that's about it yeah it was just like you didn't have that kind of like super strong relationship but like you wish him you know you didn't we wish him well and didn't want yeah like, you know, well but then yeah. years later like like two three years ago now uh my mom told me that he was like kind of super manipulative and shitty oh. so now i don't really wish him well it's complicated <laughs> isn't it it's so interesting like i also had a relationship with where my parents are kind of like not hiding stuff from me but kind of hiding stuff like you know not telling me the whole story of what was going on and then as an sure, adult yeah. all of a sudden my mom was like oh all this stuff was going on and i was like whoa <laughs> you know uh and it's interesting how like it kind of retrospect like shifts your perspective on something i can kind of relate to your relationship with tim because that's how i feel about tom like he's a sweet guy and like my mom really like they really love each other but like he's really yeah, he's just, you know, he's lovely, but um, he's just like, I'm like, what are your hobbies? And he's like, hunting. And I'm like, okay. He likes to hunt. He likes to fish. He likes to have pets. That's right. kind of where he's at. And I'm just like, all right. You well, know, very nice. Again, like very nice, but like we never, you know, and I would say like that I love him, um, but we've never developed like, like when I call home and he picks up, he's like, I'll get your mom. You know, like we don't have a conversation. <laughs> Sure, yeah. And I think that that's interesting because I also, when my parents got married, uh, my so my dad passed away when I was like six or no, 14, about to turn 14. And uh, my mom and Tom met when I was about, or got married when I was 
about 17. Well, they got okay. married after six months of knowing each other. So probably sure. I was 17 the whole time. But so I was already, you know, like I was going off to college. It was funny because like I went off to college and they moved to Texas. Well, like he was from Texas and so we moved from she moved from New York to Texas so when I went home quote unquote for like spring break or whatever I was like I don't even know where I'm going guys <laughs> never been here but yeah it was I can totally relate to that like and I don't think like talking about these kinds of relationships like I don't think that's a bad thing to you know just be like hey like I care about you I love you like that's cool but like it's not gonna be you know the same relationship that I have with my other parent if I did have a relationship with my other parent and it's just like it's it can be like it can be a lot of things but I don't think that it's bad if you don't immediately have that like connection you know what I mean no well and I think that there's also an extent to which like you know in say like a classic nuclear family you know Mm -hmm. the the mom the dad the two and 2.3 kids (laughs) the white picket fence whatever like the kids are not all going to have the exact same relationship Mm -mm. with both parents right like you're gonna have you know I think um I don't know if you've seen the 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 sitcom Modern Family but I think they they did this really well in all of the sort of uh you know family Mm -hmm. units in that show there are like really clear like one sibling who like gets along better with one parent Mm -hmm. than with the other the other sibling gets along better with the opposite parent but they all kind of still have that interplay with each other and like I think that that is real and like 100% you know when you think about it that way like (laughs) it's not really that different when you're a step parent the only difference is like how am I trying to say this depending on what time in the kid's life you become a part of their life Mm -hmm. there we go you might have a harder time just because the kid has already like built routines and like developed their interests and stuff right but it's not yeah I mean like you're you're not always going to be into the same things as your kids and that's totally fine yeah and I think like you were saying that's true for you know all families yeah (laughs) you know like even even when I was growing up right I was closer with my mom than I was with my dad and again like I love my dad but like I was just closer with my mom. She was, he, sure. he was always working. She was the one who took me to things and, you know, we had more time together, you know, and it's just like that, that, that hat, like we're not allowed to talk about having favorites, but we have favorites. <laughs> yeah, um, of course. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, shifting more to your relationship with like your kids, I'm curious, mm-hmm. like what your, your relationship with Raya looks like. Yeah, we, um, <laughs> we don't like a lot of the same things. <laughs> uh, so, so there is kind of that parallel there, which is funny. Um, she's, she's a lot more into sort of like science and like, mm. like nature and like, I'm into nature. I don't really care about science. I, I, I like nature. <laughs> Nature, but not on the sort of obsessive level that like a seven-year-old can be yeah, totally. into it with. And like that's I think I think no matter what she was into, I would probably feel that way because I think that like this is just an age where kids like hyper fixate on the stuff that yeah, they're into. Totally. And like I just like I like my own shit too much to like <laughs> really get invested. And like I yeah, I am not good at like pretending to be interested in the things that other people are interested in if That's I'm so not funny. interested in them. But I try, you know, because <laughs> you've got to try with your kids. Um, but yeah, we get along. We uh, you know, we we love each other. The the main thing that we like tend to bond over is like you know food and video games and sometimes mm. you know if if there's something fun on tv that we're both into we'll you know vibe with that. We don't have like the like closest relationship in the world, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Honestly, like, yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah. And like we just were talking about, like, I don't I don't think that it's always like important, quote unquote, to have like the super close like because in any family, right? Like it's, you know, it's about like it's like they're people. Kids are people. Exactly. And you get along with some people and click with some people and you don't. And we have this weird there's this weird cultural like phenomenon where like it's like because 
or like social, I guess more social where like, because someone's related to you, you're supposed to like them. Right. And like, there are people in my family, like, uh, none of them listen to this, so it's okay. I can say this. Um, <laughs> but we, when we had our wedding, Kat and I, we invited 30 people. And I was like, if I don't like them, they're not invited. I don't care. It's not like I'm inviting all my aunts and uncles. I'm inviting the one aunt that I like. She can come. But like, my drunkle who's going to ruin my wedding can't come. <laughs> like, right. I don't care if he's on the same side of the family. I don't care if I'm offending someone. Like, my aunt who thinks that I'm a lesbian and that I'm having a lesbian wedding right now is not invited to my wedding. Like, I, I don't care. My uncle, who's cool, who's on the same side of the family, he can come. Um, you know what I mean? So it was like, it, you know, and, and my family, on at least on my mom's side, so I had, I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before, where I have an aunt who who I just referenced who is uh, very transphobic, homophobic, all the phobics. Um, sure. And uh, she... And we also just, like, never really got along, but she wanted us to get along because she never had her own kid. And, like, she wanted me to be that kid for her, which is, like, a whole lot of weird projection. And when I decided to cut ties with her, everyone in the family, because I'm from a big Italian family where, like, family is the most important thing, was, like, you're ruining the family. You're breaking the family apart. Even my mother, like, everyone was, like, you're destroying the family. And I'm, like, listen, if someone else was treating me this way, would you want me to keep them in my life? like no and I was like then why just because we're related you know and so I think we have this weird idea that like because we're related we have to like have this super close relationship or like really you know and it's like I don't even have to like people I'm related to (laughs) and I think there's a difference between like and love right sure Um, and not to say that you and Ray don't love each other but I think that there's such a, a range of relationships that we can have with family and we don't there you know I think there's this kind of dangerous idea that like you need to be super duper 100% close and involved in and like right. you know yeah well that's it I and like it's I should like I feel like I should like clarify like we we get along like we have a good relationship yeah. like I think more more what it is is like I can't help but compare like my relationship with her and my relationship mm-hmm. with Toby where like Toby and I are like best buds yeah and like you know I think that that also has to do with just like age you know everything too. age yeah well that's it age and like amount of time that we spend together because the reality of like you know air quotes blended family situations like she's with us half the time mm-hmm. right because she spends the other half of the time with her dad and she's also in school right yeah. so the amount of like time that we actually spend together in a day is like considerably smaller whereas like most of the time even if I'm like working if I'm working at home Toby is with me right yeah totally. so like he and I have this like really like crazy rapport that she and I just don't really have and like yeah. part of that is also that like I have struggled with really bad anxiety for like Mm -hmm. my entire life and I only started taking meds for it this year (laughs) or no we're in 2021 now last year (laughs) and so like I I think for the first couple years that you know I was a step parent actively I was also processing a lot of my own shit that just made it really hard for me to like build that bond so I think that there's just you know I I think that we will (laughs) always be good and we will probably uh, I think once she gets to a stage of childhood that I find more interesting, <laughs> we'll probably uh, start to hit it off a little bit more. Because I think that there's like a there's a period from like four to like ten mm-hmm. <laughs> where kids are just like really confusing to me, um, <laughs> and they have been forever. Like even when I worked with kids, like I liked teaching kids who were like four or five because they asked the best questions, but like I never really like understood them until they reached like you know prepubescence adolescence or whatever and then I start to feel like I get them a little bit better um so I think what I'm what I am assuming uh, what I'm predicting I guess is that by the time Toby is like 
at the age that I find really baffling and hard to get along <laughs> with, Rhea and I are going to be like super tight. Yeah, it'll shift. Because she yeah. will have just, yeah, exactly. That's that's their age gap. So I think yeah. that'll be uh, that'll be fun. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think the age thing is totally true. And like, that's another thing is that like, people assume that once you're a parent, you're just like going to know it all. And like, oh, some God. people, like, <laughs> I'm very much a kid person where like, cat uh, cat calls me the baby whisperer will be like out somewhere and i'll look at a child and they'll just like smile at me and wave at me like i i don't know i, I don't know if it's my face i have no idea what it is energy but um but i like can really connect with kids and like some people like i truly believe that like some people are like kid people and some people are just like right. i don't know what to do with children and like some of those people are parents not to say that you like have no idea what to do with kids because you're great with with like toby and you're great with you know Rhea, but like yeah but you but know what i like, mean I think... like i think there's a different dynamic of like just because you're a parent doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to have this like I love kids all the time I get them energy <laughs> sure I mean yeah like even even looking at teachers right like there's a reason oh, that yeah. some people teach high school and some people yep. teach elementary school yeah high there's schoolers scare that, like, me they're too tall yeah I don't like them. well and and even within like within elementary schools like I you, you know I remember there being teachers when I was at school who very specifically taught the older grades because mm-hmm. they liked the older kids yeah. better than the younger kids and it's like yeah that that makes sense like you can be someone who is good with kids and also have like you, you know have different ages that you prefer yeah and like you said also, like you were because development oh, of that age is so the the development of that age or like in that age range is so like wild yeah oh yeah every year is radically different from the previous one yep totally i wanted to touch on you uh when you said like blended families you said in air quotes and i forgot to ask this in the beginning but like how do you even feel about that term is there like a term you like better like i'm I'm just curious because i know um it's actually funny i was totally unrelated to like anything i was just looking in i had had been processing that question for myself and I w- was on a Facebook group and somebody asked that question like randomly. They were like, how do people feel about this term? And I was like, how did you know that I was thinking that? I think my feelings about blended families are twofold. Mm-hmm. The, the first is that I don't really think of ours as a blended mm-hmm. family because in my mind, a blended family takes two pre-existing family units and mm. mashes them together as okay. opposed to like our situation where like we kind of built a new thing, mm. if that makes oh, I sense. I love that. But I don't really know a better way to yeah. like in general refer to like, you know, a situation where there are two separate parenting units, yeah. you know. And then my other feeling about blended families is that when I think of what a blender does, uh, <laughs> I don't like thinking about a family being put through that. <laughs> I'd rather think of a family as like a you know good old raisins and peanuts. Like you know, I know I was thinking like a sandwich, bag, maybe. You know? Sure, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Just kind of put it, um, smush it together a little bit. <laughs> that's it, because I think like you know you don't you don't throw the family in a blender together and then just that's really aggressive. Yeah, that's I yeah. That's so true. Oh my gosh. I never thought about it like that. I thought of blending like mixing in a bowl, but it's not a mixed family. It's a blended family. You're right. I don't like that. (laughs) So sort of uh, talking about kind of uh, you, you had mentioned uh, that Rhea's dad previously, and I'm curious like what y'all's relationship, your and Tepper's relationship is Mm -hmm. with Rhea's dad and sort of, you know, if has there ever been a time where maybe there's like a disagreement between y'all and sort of how did you, how did you work that out? And how did you sort of talk to your kid about that, Terea, about that? Yeah. So we're, uh, you know, pretty progressive. (laughs) (laughs) Two queer parents, also two genderqueer parents raising kids progressively, you know, uh, type of family. And um, Rhea's dad is a bigot. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to pull punches here. The guy's a schmuck. Um, He's, you know, I, I think 
not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> he he espouses a lot of dangerous stuff that yeah. is, you know, shitty and harmful to marginalized people. I yeah, if it were my choice, he wouldn't be in the picture at all. Yeah. Um <laughs> but, you know, the reality is like it is more complicated than that and sometimes you have to sort of, you know, parallel parent with someone who sucks for at least a period of time, you know. We yeah, we kind of, you know, interact with him as little as humanly possible. Yeah. We have a set schedule in terms of, you know, when she goes back and forth and uh you know, when school is on, that makes it really easy to avoid having to interact at all because the trade-off is always on school days. So it's just, you know, someone drops off, the other person picks up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know what more to say about that. He's uh, not a great guy. So we, you know, don't, we intentionally don't have too much of a relationship with him. Yeah, that's totally fair. And I think I think that can be like really, really tricky in terms of like, you don't have, you know, total control over like what's being said to your kid and what's being taught to your kid. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure that that's like really frustrating. Oh, God, the the number of times that like, Raya will just say something in passing and Tefer and I will look at each other and be like, "Uh, (laughs) hang on a second. Like, that's actually really uh, problematic and shitty. Let's talk about it. And like, you know, to her credit, she, you know. (laughs) <laughs> every time that we have had a situation I can't think of anything off the top yeah. of my head but anytime we've had a situation where she's said like oh you know my dad thinks this and we've had to be like well like let's think about the implications of that because yeah. uh, she's come out of it being like wow it is uh, really not great that my dad thinks that way huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like you know like yeah you know to her credit she's good kid got a good head yeah. on her shoulders and uh you know once she kind of like thinks through you know well and i think that's so like yeah. that's such a key like what you just said is is so key and so important of like not saying like no he's wrong but saying like hey let's think about that for a minute like do you think mm-hmm. this do you think that is that like how do you feel about that and letting them formulate their own opinions uh, right. about things and not telling them because like that's what you know it sounds like maybe the other parent is doing is telling them what to think oh, yeah. um and i think that that is what there's a big shift in like i think in parenting you know when I was a kid I think that's what a lot of parenting was and is still is for a lot of people is like just you think this this is what this is Uh, because like there's also a shift in age right like like for example I'm nannying two and a half year olds now I kind of am telling them what to think I'm like this is a triangle like that that's just what it is it's nap time that's just what it is right like and so there's this shift when kids get older and like I still do you know obviously we can't have as detailed conversations you know in-depth conversations but like i still do ask them questions like when we're reading books and uh trying to engage them in conversations because uh you know they can they can talk and they can formulate thoughts but especially with older kids right it's that shift from just like this is what it is to like well well you can talk about it right we can have more complex thoughts and um i think that's really important to remember to have that shift in kind of how we talk to kids and I think that that's really great you know you're sort of like letting her formulate her own thoughts and also really great that her thoughts are aligned with yours (laughs) yeah well that's the thing like I think like kids are I think people are inherently like inclined toward good yeah and I think like it is not hard for kids to grasp the idea that like treating other people no matter who those other people Mm -hmm. are treating those other people with kindness and love and dignity is a like objectively good thing that's not a hard idea to get across to kids like that is i think the default place that kids come from the second they start to develop empathy and like so when a kid you know hears somebody else say something that doesn't you know jive with that they might initially be like well that's what you know that's what my dad said (laughs) and then like as soon as they you know are challenged on it it's really easy for them to go oh 
yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> that would not make me feel good if, yeah. if I got treated like that. Absolutely. Or like, I would not feel good treating that person that yeah. way. So why does my dad think that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's funny because sometimes like when I, the proudest I've ever been with like nannying kids is when I am telling them things. I'm giving them these bits of information. And then all of a sudden it like, crystallizes for them and I like see this happen Mm. like I'm thinking about I think I've told this story before on the podcast but there was one time where there was a kid who I was nannying and it came up that I was trans and I so I explained to him because he specifically asked me if I had a penis he was very into his penis we were in the bathroom he was going to the bathroom I was helping him and he said I have a penis do you have a penis I said no I have a vagina or I have a vulva and um and so I was explaining you know you know people uh, men can have this and that and women can have this and that and you know there are people who don't even identify with those labels and everybody can have any parts whatever and like he was like okay like let's go play trains whatever and like every so often he would just like confirm again like we'd be doing whatever and he'd be like so you're a boy but you have a vagina and I'd be like yep and he'd be like okay and you know I could tell he was like kind of thinking about it sometimes and then one time we were in an elevator you know and a strange like a stranger was there this other woman we were talking about we were going to meet my my roommate's cats they loved cats and so uh but their parents were allergic so they couldn't have any so instead of paying to go to the cat cafe i was like let's just go to my apartment hang out with some cats (laughs) and uh he was very obsessed at that time with the fact that animals also had genitals so he was like do your cats have penises and i was like well you know nimbus does but chloe doesn't and the woman next to us just decided to jump in the conversation and go no she has a vagina because she's a girl which is just like a weird i don't know why she even thought that that was a thing she should say but then the kid looks up at her and goes he's he's about four he goes no girls can have vaginas or penises and she goes no they can't and he goes yes they can and they get into like a full-fledged she gets into a (laughs) full-fledged argument with a four-year-old about this and then like as we were leaving i finally was like okay i need to say something like i'm not just gonna let this four-year-old bite with this woman and i was like you know we're we're teaching him that because he has trans people in his life and she was like she like looked at me for a minute and then was like even if they cut it off they're still a girl they're still a boy and i was like i the trans person am literally standing here and you don't even have the ability to process that like trans people cannot be trans women which was like such a weird thing to me i was just like i'm right in front of you and you still are and then as we're walking away like i was like whatever and she left and as we're walking away the kid looks up and goes she was confused and I was like, you're right, she was. Yeah. But I was like, that was like such a powerful moment to me of like all these things we're telling you because his parents were also like very progressive and uh, they were both cis, but they were just like very, very progressive and, um, you know, we're teaching him all these things. Like he could wear dresses and he could do, you know, whatever he wanted. And um, sure, yeah. and that was just like a moment where like I love when you see that moment of like where you're telling them something and you're telling them something and they've formulated their opinion and now they're like, no, I know. I know what this is enough to like fight with some 30 year old woman about it. It was just so, it was beautiful. (laughs) She was confused. Definitely. I, and I mean, I'm just going to keep using the term blended families. Other, I don't know. Sandwich family. I don't know what else to call it now. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but sort of like in, in kid friendly terms, right. If like, I don't know, a random child walked up to you in a context that it made sense and was like, you know, Hey, like what is a blended family? What does that even mean? Heard that term. Like, how could you explain that in sort of kid friendly terms? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say like, not every family looks exactly the same, right? Like you might have, you know, two or three siblings and your friend might have no siblings. You might have two dads or two moms or, you know, however many of however many parent types you have. You might have two parents who are both non-binary. Like you, you know, I, I think that 
by <laughs> by the time kids become aware that other kids have parents, they will pretty quickly become aware that like different types of you know family units exist, right? And so I think when it comes to explaining like the idea of step parents to a kid, it's really as simple as saying like you know not everybody who loves you is going to be related to you by blood, yeah. right? Like you're going to have people in your life who love you a lot. Uh, sometimes they will live with you <laughs> and like that is just you know that's just what that is so a step parent is you know somebody who loves you like your parents do who is like a parent to you but just wasn't there when you were born necessarily yeah, I love that gets to be part of your life now <laughs> and isn't it cool that you know you get to have multiple parents. Yeah, I love, you know? I love that. I, it, it's really funny. Oh, gosh. I don't know if I was reading something or someone was telling me something. Like, it could have just been a Facebook post. But anyway, I was reading a story or I heard a story somewhere. A kid, basically, someone was saying they were reading a book in school. And there are the. it was about families. And the teacher, you know, asked about their families. And someone said, I have two moms. And one of the kids started crying. And they were like, what's wrong? And he was like, I want two moms. That's not fair. Like, that's so cool. You know, uh, I only have one. Right. And right. and so I love this idea of like, it's not like, oh, it's so weird that your family's or it's like, it's cool that you're like, I think it's awesome. Like I in my life got three sets of grandparents. And like, I feel right. very blessed that like, they're luckily, they're all very lovely people. I'm, I'm very blessed that I still have one set and one grandma who's still alive and uh right. but like you know what i mean i think that's awesome right i got i got more cousins you know i i didn't really have a lot of cousins on my in my family um and so i like got a whole slew of cousins when my mom got married to my stepdad so like i right. think like and of course like everyone has different experiences and it's not always positive but i think it can be really you know instead of just being like oh you know it's so so weird or whatever i'm like yeah it's actually really cool like i get extra family <laughs> yeah well that's it right like you you can really frame it with kids as like this is an addition that you're getting yeah because i think oh, nice. that <laughs> i think that especially you know if a kid like loses a parent mm. it can be really hard to approach that kid about you know gaining a step parent because like yeah they're they have grief right they have grief around yeah. this very specific thing and you know it it is easy to take that and go well you're not going to replace my dead dad you know mm -hmm. like that's that's hard and so I think it's important with kids to like frame it as you know this is an extra parent that you get yeah they're not a replacement yeah, yeah and I as somebody who like lost a parent had I mean obviously I was older um but I think that what was kind of interesting about the situation is that Tom my stepdad was also a widower so he mm. had lost his wife so they both like first of all they had this ability because sometimes like my mom had yeah, dated here and there before Tom and uh people got very uncomfortable when she would bring up my dad um, right. because he was dead and they didn't know what to say and they didn't know what to do and because they had they both had lost someone it like wasn't weird to like mm. f for them to like talk about their spouse sure um, their late spouse and so I think like also for me like if I brought up my dad like he wouldn't get like weird and defensive about it um, and I think that had a lot to do with being a widower and like when he talks about his you know late wife Diana like my mom wouldn't get you know it's like fine we're... but I think also right I was like older um, like I was around 17 at that time so like I think it would have been very different if I was a kid I don't know but like anyway I, I guess I just uh, I, I think that it can be you know with like when when it's about losing a parent you just have to make sure like you were saying like how you had your mom's current current partner was like really pushing that relationship mm -hmm. And I think that that can be really detrimental, right? It can be really um, 
like counterproductive is the word I'm totally. looking for. Uh, and I think that that's what I really appreciated about Tom is that he never pushed right. their relationship. And like we have a good, like I said, we have like a pretty good relationship, mm. but he wasn't like, I'm here to be your new dad. Right. You know, let's go on fishing trips and let's do that. Like he was just like, okay, like let's just take this relationship as it comes. But like when it, when the times were important, when there were important times for him to be there, like I just remember when I came out to my parents as trans, he just like, I mean, we're not like he's not like a very huggy guy. He's very like straight cis white cis man, <laughs> and he you know stereotypical. And but he came to me and just hugged me and was like, "You're my kid, no matter what." And cool. like you know I what I mean. That. So like he was there for like the important you know times. And I I just I think that that's where you know where it's important is like not trying to force, but yeah. still like being genuine. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, in a long long winded way. Well, that's it. And I, I think that it's important to remember like you know, biological parents need to also remember this sometimes, that your kids don't owe you anything. Nope. And so you you as the step-parent or you as the biological parent can feel really strongly, you know, a really strong parental love for your kid, and they might feel kind of indifferent toward you. And like that, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that's not hard. I'm not saying that's not something you're going to like, you know, have a beer with your buddies and like be sad about, but you can't put that pressure on your kids no matter what yeah, you can't absolutely. you can't be like hey you have to love me because i'm love me that sucks <laughs> that's so shitty <laughs> you, yeah. you have to be like look i i know you know maybe we are not the closest but i want you to know that if ever there's anything i will be here for you because yeah. i love you it kind of reminds <laughs> me of like have you ever had a situation like in high school or when you were younger where someone came up to you and was like you're my best friend and you were like uh-oh i don't think we're best friends <laughs> and then it gets weird because you're you know and like that's what it's kind of like if like you're the parent and you're like i want us to be like super close and the kid's just like oh <laughs> you know and and i I think, like, again, just, like, forcing a relationship is never, yeah. never works out, I don't think. Um, one thing I wanted to say when you were talking about, like, your explanation of sort of blended families and how to talk to kids about different kinds of families, there's a great book that I've recommended before um, on the podcast. It's uh, it's a picture book called Families, Families, Families. It's mm -hmm. by um, Suzanne and Max Lang. Great and books. it's really great. It's very much like some people have this and some people have that. And it's really good for sort of just, like, explaining what different kinds of families looks like look like yeah. especially for younger kids my only kind of like gripe with it is that it uses animals instead of people so it takes away like kind of like the race factor and and things like that um yeah. and seeing like all of the families are like the same animal so it's like a panda family or a bear family which i'm like yeah um, but fun. overall I, I like that one yeah a, a book that we have that i think is along similar lines I wish I was in the room with it right now so I could look at it. <laughs> I think it's the family book by Todd Parr. Oh yeah. Is that, is that one It's like know? super colorful, like bright colors yeah. and kind of like childlike illustrations. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have that one. And I remember when, uh, when Rhea first moved in, we bought it and like, it was the book that she wanted to read on the toilet all the time. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, kids will like bring a book into the bathroom. Yes. And just, like, yeah. Yep. That was like, that book lived on a stool in our bathroom for like a year and a half. Yeah. yeah, Todd Parr has a lot of really great and kind of books, and all of them, you know, there's like the mommy book, the daddy book, and they talk about all different kinds of parents and families, and they're really great. So my last question before we start to, start to wrap things up is just, mm -hmm. do you have any kind of advice for, you know, step parents about kind of how mm -hmm. to help that, like, adjustment period go smoothly and, uh, you know, how to, like, foster meaningful, you know, relationships with your stepkids? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing, like, 
uh, like I will be honest that I like and this probably is not a surprise because I feel like I've kind of alluded to this a little bit Mm -hmm. I feel like I you know could be closer with my stepkid Mm -hmm. than I am right and like I I don't necessarily feel like a super heavy weight because of that, but I, it does make me like want to be closer, you know, like I, it's not like I feel like I'm like failing as a step parent as much Mm -hmm. as I feel like I could be like a little bit closer. Um, but I'm also like trying to be really (laughs) gentle with myself because I know I'm going through shit, you know? Um, but I think the, the advice that like Teffer gave me and gives me (laughs) on occasion as a (laughs) reminder is, uh, that like, even just like, being there, being in the room. If you feel like you are not close enough with your stepkid, just like spend time with them. Yeah. You know, like spend time if they're watching a show, sit down, watch it with them, you know, mm. even if you're only kind of half paying attention to it because it's not a good show, which like, <laughs> you know. My mom used to watch Naruto with me. God bless her. Hey, that's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Debatable. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like, even if, like, even if you have to kind of feign interest in the thing that your kid is, yeah. you know, enjoying, like, try to just, like, make an effort to spend some time with them, make an effort to, like, engage with them a little bit more, because that is how you build relationships, right? Like, you don't, you don't build a relationship with someone by just living in the same house and, like, feeding them. Mm-hmm. You build relationships by having conversations, by spending time together, by doing things together, and, like, yeah, you know, that's kind of my main advice is just, you know, don't push things and pay attention to what they're doing and try to do it with them or, you know feed off of that a little bit honestly this is maybe advice in general for anyone who feels like they need help connecting with people improv comedy is (laughs) stay with me here a very good tool for that because not only is it fun but it actually teaches you really good like active listening skills Mm. and like the totally makes sense yeah the building the ability to like kind of like focus on the other person pay attention to what they're doing and respond in a way that moves mm-hmm. things forward is like an extremely valuable interpersonal skill That's so true <laughs> that you can learn just by taking an improv class so like i, I would that. highly Don't recommend take class. <laughs> taking an improv class yeah <laughs> oh my god i love you so much and one of the other things that that you were saying that i think is so important is like taking care of yourself and not being too hard on yourself and understanding your own limits and boundaries i think that's really important like like you were talking about with anxiety and things like that so it can be you know that kind of like mental health stuff but i also think about it like for me it often comes in the form of physical mm-hmm. um uh, limitations where like you know the kids will want me to like play what they call wiggly worm which is where we lay on our stomachs and we like scooch forward and that really hurts my body like i can't do it and i will just say yeah it is (laughs) and i will just say hey like that hurts my body i can't do that but i'll follow you when you play you know and just like i think it's so important like for kids to also see that we have limitations right and like that we you know it's important see us taking care of ourselves and not like sacrificing ourselves and our you know whatever for like i feel like i feel like that's how it was when i was a kid everyone was like oh i need to like you know and then like when my this is again getting personal but like then when my dad passed away my mom went through this like midlife crisis where she was like super resentful of me because she was like i spent my whole life doing everything for you and i was like that's on you you didn't take care of yourself (laughs) right like but now i think that there's you know so i think if we do that it's like not it's not super healthy for our relationship with our kids i feel like we need to set limitations and boundaries and so bravo for doing that it's really important yeah well that's it i i think like 
you know, learning how to communicate with your kids, being honest with your kids about where you're at. I can't tell you how, like, how good it is, how good it is, how, like, um, I guess how, like, productive it feels. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. There is something beautiful about being able to tell your kid, actually, I'm feeling X today, and, like, I know that that's not fun for you, but this is where I'm at. Uh, like, you know, just being a fr- like when I started taking my anxiety meds, I sat down with Rhea like the first day and was like, so just a heads up, if for the next like week or two or who even knows how long I seem a little more tired than usual, I seem a little bit irritated all the time. If I look uncomfortable, if I have like, you know, a weird look on my face all the time, it's because my body is adjusting to a new medicine that I'm putting into it that is going to make me feel way, way better in the long term and going to make me way better at like doing things and being a parent and being a person. But during the adjustment period, I'm going to feel like I have to throw up a lot of the time. And sometimes my arms and legs are going to be sore for no reason. And like... I just want you to know that, like, you know, if I seem miserable for the next, like, two weeks, it has nothing to do with you. (laughs) And, uh, you know, like, communicating that kind of thing with your kids is really, really great. And, like, kids understand, you know? I think it's so important to model that for kids, too, so that when kids are feeling that way, they know they can have limitations and tell you how they're feeling i think we often want kids to tell us everything but then we don't tell them anything about (laughs) ourselves and how we're feeling in our lives and you know i think it's okay to say you know i'm tired today or i'm sad today or whatever emotions too it's so important for kids to see that like i i think also like my mom you know there's this like again i feel like it was i mean some people probably still parent like this but often in the 90s it was like we have to be perfect and like we can't let our kids see us have emotions like you know my mom never let me see her cry or whatever and i I think it's really important because then how was i supposed to know it was okay to cry i could never see my mom cry right and i think that vulnerability with kids is really important Anyway, let's wrap things up. So I'm just curious. I know you talked about the Todd Parr book, but uh, do you have any other resources um, for it could be kids for kids or adults for this topic? Nothing really. The the Todd Parr uh, family book is really good. I would say I'm gonna again reiterate: take an improv class. <laughs> um, you can do that uh, improv college. I'm gonna check if it's .com or .ca. Improvcollege.ca is an online improv school run and founded by uh, Vinny Francois, who is uh, the guy who first taught me improv (laughs) years ago. And uh, it's really great. You can take improv classes there. They have all kinds of offerings, both for people who are new to it and for experienced people. Uh, I would recommend that if you are someone who feels like they could be doing a better job at like active listening um (laughs) which like you know as a parent i think that's super useful otherwise uh yeah i mean i would say like (laughs) sometimes i find like critically watching a like family sitcom is a really good way to uh like learn things about parenting and like reflect on your own like parenting styles um so if you're someone who likes watching sitcoms i would recommend uh both (laughs) Modern Family and Life in Pieces are both really. Oh, like, I've heard. Of, I haven't watched Life in Pieces, very but I've good. heard good things. Oh, it's so good. Um, you, would, you would love it. It's, I'm uh, sure I would. Yeah. I feel. Um, I feel like I yeah. have a list of things I would love that I I should watch. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I do like the majority of my like learning is just by watching TV shows critically and like you know actively thinking about character relationships yeah. and stuff. So, so that's my recommendation. <laughs> watch TV. I know the answer to this question, but tell our listeners: Do you have any you know personal projects? or things that you want to plug and uh where can people find you on the internet if you would like to be found 
Oh, baby, you know I do. <laughs> uh, so, uh, like I said at the beginning of this episode, uh, I, Tom Zalat, and I am the executive producer of the Upford Network, the very network that this show is on. <laughs> um, so, uh, if you want to check out all of the shows on our network, you can go to upfordnetwork.com. If you very specifically want to see the things that I do, which I would really like if you did that, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Zalatni. That's T-O-M-Z-A-L-A-T-N-A-I. Uh, look up my two podcasts, Up for Discussion, which is a food podcast, and... Uh, Natural Toonie, which is a D&D podcast that Seth is also on. I'm on there. Hey. At the time of this episode's release, uh, Up for Discussion will be probably just getting started with two really fun series that we're doing during the spring. Uh, one is called Munch Madness, which is our uh, annual food tournament bracket where we uh, week after week pit different foods against each other to determine the best yes. food of the year. Uh, it's real dumb. <laughs> and if you like <laughs> bracket competitions in sports, you will probably like this. What? Uh, the other thing we're doing is a bonus mini series series where uh, my buddy Matt Cole and I are doing a uh, watch-along podcast for Guy Fieri's uh, Tournament of Champions Season 2 on the Food Network. <laughs> um, so those are both going to be on the Up for Discussion feed. You should check that out. And uh, yeah, Natural Toonie is great if you like uh, Dungeons & Dragons actual play, especially if you like my voice and Seth's voice, because we are both on it a yes. whole lot. Um, the last thing that I will plug is uh, I'm doing a Indiegogo campaign right now. Our network, in fact, is doing an Indiegogo campaign right now. Uh, to raise uh, extra funding for equipment upgrades uh, and also for uh, ways to give back to our community. So uh, our main goal, which I'm hoping by the time this comes out, we might have actually hit it already because we've been getting a lot of support right out the gate, which is awesome. Uh, but our main goal is to buy a new computer for our main studio because uh, <laughs> the one that I edit this very show on is uh, rapidly dying. Um, <laughs> and then also to buy some transcription services for a bunch of the shows yes. on our network. Uh, and then the first stretch goal is going to be, uh, maybe it's been announced by now. If not, you're getting the first you know, peek at that. <laughs> uh, but the first stretch goal is to upgrade some of the microphones and headphones and stuff in the mm. main studio uh, so that when we can reopen after COVID, it'll be a really awesome experience for people. And uh, when we get those upgrades, we're going to donate the old equipment to, uh, I'm still working out the details as to exactly who it'll be, <laughs> um, but it's going to be either a like local school or a local mm. community center well, youth awesome. center or something like that so first, i'm hearing of this i love that. yeah well that's it so so that's how fresh this is is that i uh, haven't even been able to announce it yet because <laughs> i'm still locking down who's going to be the recipient of that but uh it's going to be cool it, it's basically every stretch goal will be further upgrades and additions for our network and our studio in addition to uh further things that kind of give back to the community and create more accessibility for podcasting in montreal Yay. so um yeah if all of that sounds exciting and cool to you when i give seth the show notes for this after editing the episode i'll make sure the indiegogo link is in the description Amazing. for you to click or you can uh it'll be the pinned tweet on my Twitter. So you can go to Twitter <laughs> and look for Tom Zalatni and it will be there. Uh, lots of amazing perks available. So uh, yeah, please do check that out. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tom. It's been a pleasure to have you on the other side of, yeah. of the, the process today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. I yeah. hope I, uh, <laughs> I hope I wasn't like too Frank. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. We love Frank here. I don't know who Frank yeah. is, but we love him. Oh, um, Frank's your other stepdad. Oh Get no. <laughs> 
Hey folks, thanks for joining us for another episode of Rad Child Podcast. Uh, I want to apologize for the audio quality of this mid-roll. I am recording from work, um, so I don't have my usual setup. Um, so uh, yeah, if you could just grant me a little grace, I would appreciate it. So first of all, we want to remind you about our Kickstarter campaign. We are currently funding the third season of the podcast, and very exciting, we actually met our goal, which is awesome. Thank you all so much to everybody who donated, um, but we still have some stretch goals. We're trying to do things like fund our annual book drive. Um, also, we would like to be able to have transcriptions and pay for transcription services. So yeah, if you're able to donate money, that would be amazing. If you're able to share the Kickstarter, that would be equally amazing. Um, anything you're able to do for us uh, really, really helps us out. And you can do that by going to www.kickstarter.com and just searching for Rad Child Podcast Season 3. As always, we want to uh, just give a little plug to uh, the wonderful publishing company A Kid's Book About. They have awesome kids books about all the kinds of topics that we talk about, things like divorce, things like uh, race, systemic racism, um, just all these kinds of things. It's just really, the work they do is really amazing. Uh, the code, the discount code has changed, so it is now 2021RADCHILD, and uh, if you use that code, you can get $5 off of your purchase, so definitely check that out. And as always, we would like to just uh, remind you to check out the network that we're on, which is the Upford Network. You can do that by going to www.upfordnetwork.com and uh, definitely check out the shows that we have there. Uh, we really do some great work, if I do say so myself. And aside from that, it's all the usual stuff. So uh, if you'd like to find us on the web, you can do so by going to uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, uh, and you can follow us at Radchild Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, you can do so by emailing radchildpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to www.radchildpodcast.com and click on the contact us section. Uh, under that section, there's also information about how to be a guest. If you would like to apply for that, we're always looking for guests for upcoming topics. Uh, and last, but certainly not least, uh, if you would like to support us monetarily in a, an ongoing way instead of as a one-time uh, donation like with Kickstarter, you can do so by uh, becoming a patron. You can do that by going to www.patreon.com. Just uh, search for Ratchild Podcast and you'll find us. We're the only one. Uh, and basically the way that works is you can donate as little as a dollar a month and get really awesome rewards. Um, things like physical rewards, uh, like postcards, buttons, all kinds of fun things. Uh, you can get um, things like story time with me. Uh, there's just all kinds of really cool rewards, so definitely check that out. And uh, that's it for me, so I'm going to hand it over to Rebecca and Crystal, and we'll get back to the show. Do you wish more picture books truly reflected your family's values? Have you ever thought you found the perfect book, but when you got it home, it completely missed the mark? Shift Book Box is a picture book subscription service for kids ages 3 to 8, built around themes of social justice and centering diverse characters and creators. Each box features two beautiful picture books as well as expertly crafted discussion guides. We know that families want to engage kids in conversations about social justice topics, and we recognize how challenging it can be to find the right books and to feel supported in having these conversations. We find the books. We provide the prompts. You get both delivered to your door. Subscribe today at shiftbookbox.com and use the code RADCHILD. RADCHILD. All one word. RADCHILD. RADCHILD. For 10% off your first order. Shift Bookbox. Curating little libraries. Cultivating big change.
All right. So uh, it's time for our next guest in this fancy new format that we're doing this week. Woo! Two parts. I'm going to part the curtain a little bit and say, I don't know. This just happened this week that I personally know both of our guests. <laughs> I'm going to let them tell me things that I already know, but that you don't. I'm going to let them introduce themselves now. So we're just going to do our name, pronouns, where you're from, your relationship with kids, and your relationship with the theme. Hi, I'm Tracy Tanoff. I am an old friend of <laughs> Seth's from high school. My pronouns are she, her. <laughs> I'm from West Islip and Long Island and uh, I don't really have a relationship with kids because I'm one of the youngest in my family and nobody has children (laughs) (laughs) and um, my relationship with the theme is that uh, when I was um, around nine ten years old uh, my stepdad joined the family after my dad passed away when I was eight years old so I am a stepchild of long-standing Your relationship with kids is that you were the kid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. We just had Tom on who you you know uh, a yes. little bit uh, from sort of a step parent perspective. Well, they also were a step, had a step parent themselves, but mostly we're talking about being a step parent. So um, I'm excited to kind of talk about the other side of the coin a little bit. And um, it's funny because, uh, again, like like Tracy said, we we've known each other for a long time and I mean, you could talk about this too, but um, our our running joke is that uh, Tracy's mom married a widower named Tom, and then my dad passed away, and my mom also married a widower named Tom. And, and then I was talking to Tom, and I was like, oh my god, you're a stepdad too! All stepdads are named Tom! <laughs> but uh, but anyway, I know that you you don't have your sort of relationship with this. is more that like you were the kid in the situation, so we don't have an answer for this. That's okay. Um, but I always start uh, with the same question, uh, because we talk a lot about like times, like, topics and questions that kids ask to kind of catch us off guard. So I'm curious if there's ever been a time where a kid asked you a question sort of caught you off guard or you didn't, you know, know how to answer it. I have been thinking about this like for days and I honestly have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, jumping into uh, the topic a little bit, can you, you know, tell us a little bit more about your family makeup and kind of how your family came to be? So uh, my dad passed away when I was in second grade. I was eight years old Mm -hmm. and I had to ask my mom to be sure um, when my stepdad came into the family, I was about to be 11 the next month. So it was yeah, a little little while after. And um, I have a sister who is four years older than me. And my stepdad has a son uh, from his uh, marriage who's um, older than me. I think he's in his 40s now. So Mm -hmm. he's um, he was like significantly older than the two. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, my mom and my stepdad are both still with us. You know, we're a happy family to this day. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> if, if you don't mind me asking, like, how how did your how did your parents meet? I don't remember this. So they met um, uh, through an online uh, message board for like widowed people. Oh my God! Um, so did my parents? How did yeah. I not remember this? <laughs> yeah, and and I, and I remember that I asked you once if it was like the same one, and it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> that that would be pretty funny. Because this was like one of the options that was around like in the nineties, basically. Yeah. Um, the late nineties. We had internet was, back then. Yeah, Not like was, Windows ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It was um, it was the late nineties because my dad passed in ninety nine, mm-hmm. so it was like two. It was like the Y two K, like you mm-hmm. know, two thousand, like two thousand one ish. So that was actually something my mom mentioned when we were talking about this beforehand. She was like, one thing that she almost said, like, you could mention if you wanted to was just that it was so hard finding childcare back then as a widowed parent. Mm. And so like, because, and now it's like, there's care.com, like there's all, there's like, yeah. Craigslist, like there's I all these options. I think about that. 
Yeah, like there's all these options that didn't really exist back then. <laughs> Put out an ad in the newspaper. Like, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that was one. Like, no that Facebook was, groups, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, in a way, it was, you know, this community for, like, widowed people that really probably would have been, like, one of the few resources that was yeah. around back then. So, yeah, that was how they met. And um, they went on a like different there were like different get-togethers like sort of like regional things this is literally how my parents met this is yeah so, funny. <laughs> so yeah they met in like group settings and things mm-hmm. and then like they talked to like a few people more like individually like they still have friends that they see occasionally mm-hmm. like from those settings so like from there like they became friends like who met in group settings and then it sort of developed from there that's awesome. Yeah. That's so, I really didn't remember that, like, the whole story was just the same. Um, <laughs> and I just remembered the Tom and the widower bit. That's, Your that's parents so... are my parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're siblings. <laughs> I'm curious if you could just talk about, if you're, you know, okay with talking about it a little bit about sort of like what your relationship is like with your stepdad or how it maybe developed from when you were a kid to now. It's really good. Um, Like I was saying to my mom, one thing that, you know, we never really did in our family because my sister and I were a little bit older. We never Mm -hmm. did the um, like, you know, calling someone dad thing. Like, you know, we like that was never really something that was stressed for us. Like, so I still call him Tom, but, you know, I'll say like I'll say (laughs) I'll say to other people like my parents and like they sort of know what I mean. So like it's definitely like a really like good relationship. Like he'll say my daughter, like, you know, I don't Mm. have a problem with that at all. So it's it's really good. He's always been really, you know, supportive of me. He came to um like VIP events when I was a kid. You know, so yeah. So it's it's always been really good. I personally never really had any problems, but I was also very young. Mm-hmm. So I think that that sort of like helped the transition. Like made too. it easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like when, you know, Tom first came into your lives, like how, how did your parents like sit down and talk to you about it? Like, how did that kind of, did it just happen? Like how, how did that go? Yeah. So I didn't remember as much about like, if we had a conversation about it. So mm-hmm. I asked my mom and she said that, um, she sort of told us at first, like, oh, he's a friend. Like, she didn't, she <laughs> didn't, friend. Intru- yeah, like, she didn't introduce, like, the boyfriend, like, mm-hmm. thing yeah, right away. And totally. I don't really know if, like, they were even, like, at that point yet, but it was yeah. just, like, they'd been talking a lot, like, independently. And um, we met first in sort of, like, a public setting. Like, mm. um, so it wasn't like he was coming to the house or anything. Yeah. Um, oh, we that went means, to, like, that's a, really nice. Yeah, we went to, like, a sports game. Like, he had a friend with him. Like, you know, there were people that he knew because he was, like, a season ticket holder. So, <laughs> so it Ooh, was, like, fancy. yeah, so it was, like, a, and, like, he knew that my sister liked sports. I brought a book, you know, so it was, like. <laughs> <laughs> would, see, me, I would always bring my Game Boy. <laughs> I'm, like, playing Pokemon. I was like, yeah, Man. so it was, it was sort of, like, a less, like, pressure, like, public setting, like, you know, sort of, like, communal, yeah. like, people around. So it wasn't, like, you know, this is this person and you have to like them. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i love yeah. that because like we we had similar situations in the, in the sense that like our dads passed away and then we had a stepdad like did you ever did your parents ever address it or do you ever feel like you know he was like trying to replace your dad you know what i mean like there's always that weird dynamic i feel like sometimes with yeah uh, when um, you have a parent who's passed away speaking for myself i 
personally didn't have that feeling. My sister yeah. may have felt differently because she was older than me. Yeah. Like she was four years older. So like she obviously had like more time with my dad, like a different mm-hmm. relationship. So um, like not speaking for her, but I know that I, I didn't really have that feeling. And something that made our situation a little bit different was that um, my mom and Tom always had like a commuter relationship mm. because um, he lived uh, in Brooklyn and he was working in another state close by. And um, so he wasn't with us all the time. Like he was coming out like on weekends or sometimes like during the week he would see my mom and then, you know, go back to his place. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't really around in that like, day-to-day way that like 24 7 yeah yeah like if he had been i may have felt differently Mm -hmm. like because he would have been around like all the time and it may have felt strange but because he was around you know occasionally like we still talk to him all the time like it wasn't Mm -hmm. like he was never there but like it was i think that that was something that helped our like personal situation was just that i didn't have to have that feeling because it wasn't like we were instantly like putting someone else in yeah Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Honestly, that sounds like a great way to have a relationship. (laughs) Like, not no no offense to my wife. I love living with my wife, uh, who who edits this podcast and listens to it. Um, But but I think like a lot of times, like like relationships can look a lot of different ways. And I think that like I could see that working for some people. Like you know what I mean in the sense that like like I'm the kind of person like some people. There are people who like want to be around you know their partner all the time and like really Mm -hmm. need that connection and then there are people who are just like I like having kind of like a little time to myself and then it makes the time that we have together like kind of more special and so like I kind of love that I think that that sounds like a great way to have a relationship (laughs) for you know that would work for a lot of people well I feel like we have this idea of what a relationship needs to look like and how a home and a family needs to look like and like it's just like it's a la carte like choose what works for you you know yeah and Um, even like when my my mom and I were just talking she was saying like it was funny because a lot of people would say to her like oh I can't imagine like having a relationship that way and it was like but when your mom and Tom met it was like well I know someone that was in like New York and the other person was like entirely like almost across the country and it's like you know (laughs) and it's like people don't like think about it but it's definitely like how some families look like yeah well it's just, it was the same thing when I met my wife Kat right like we were in yeah. different countries yeah. and we da- we dated for like four or five years long distance before we were together people were like you're cuckoo bananas for doing that and like we're yeah. you know like it's great like people were like how can you not live together before like we got married when we were living in different countries because mm-hmm. I had to get married to her before I could come over here yeah I needed I need so we were married for a year and not living together and yeah. people were like, how could, and I'm like, okay, but we've been traveling back and forth, like the, the kind of, you know, for years and like staying at each other's places for several weeks. So like that, that kind of like, you know, when you first meet someone and you're like yeah. trying to be on your best behavior, you make your apartment <laughs> real clean when they come up. We were out of that honeymoon phase. Like I saw her at her worst. She saw me at my worst and we still liked each other. You know, I went to her apartment and was like, I'm cleaning this whole apartment, <laughs> you know? And uh, so it's like, like I, I felt like I saw how she lived and she saw how I lived enough to kind of like, also like we all, we have this saying too, like no one breaks up over dirty dishes Yeah. Um, where like there's other underlying issues. If mm-hmm. you're like, just not living, compa- like, I don't think that you could like not work out if you're a good yeah. communicator, you can like work other stuff out, right? That's something that it's funny because it's, and now this makes me realize it's a good example of like blended family media was um, there's a, a musical I love, Falsettos, where yes. um, 
there there's a couple that breaks up like they break up quote unquote over a chess game Mm -hmm. and it's like and i read people responding to the piece sometimes and they're like oh and they broke up over the chess game i'm like they did not break up over the chess game (laughs) (laughs) it's like they broke up over other things (laughs) you know and it's funny because my mom always says that like there were so many underlying issues with my dad that like he when he would do something she would like let's say for example um it was the same it's literally the same thing he would sometimes throw his clothes right next to the laundry basket and not in the laundry <laughs> basket and she would get so mad because there were underlying issues tom my stepdad does the same thing doesn't bother her because she doesn't <laughs> feel like it's a personal attack like with my dad she felt yeah. like it was personal because there was so much so many other underlying things and i think it's so so it's never i feel like it's never like that action but yeah. like you know uh but like the there's always something underlying but anyway all this is just say that like i think there's so many different ways that families can come about and look and and like that there's just so many different things that work for different people you know yeah. what i mean and it's I like think the theme that, of the podcast <laughs> yes it is the theme of the podcast you win the award uh the award is getting to talk to me for more time this question is kind of coming from my own experience because um as listeners will know i was just talking to tom about this a little bit but i felt that like there was this interesting dynamic because my mom had lost my dad and my stepdad had lost his wife that they were like able to talk to each other like it didn't get weird and tense if one of them brought up their their late spouse and like Mm -hmm. I was able to talk about my dad Um, and I'm curious like if you know if you feel like you know it maybe helped that Tom had also lost someone uh, in the sense that like in in that sense where like was it you know did you find that it changed the dynamic in that way where like it was easy you talk about it or things like that and I also don't know how much your family talks about stuff like that anyway because some you know some people talk a lot about things and some people don't but yeah yeah. it was it was definitely a huge help to us even though the the circumstances were different tom's wife uh passed of an illness and Mm. my dad's death was very sudden Mm. um it didn't really matter in that way because there was still that like commonality and my mom was even saying that um I think he had lost his wife um, sooner than she had when Mm -hmm. they met. Like she was like 13 months. He was like five months. Oh, wow. But like they still definitely had that, um, you know, that experience in common. And I think it also helped that um, my family personally was never really the type to, you know, like you said, make it like tense or weird because um, we always um, spent a lot of time with my dad's family. Because, oh, okay. Um, my parents were interfaith. Uh, my mom mm-hmm. was uh, Christian. My dad was Jewish. And um, we always saw my dad's side of the family, even after he passed away for the Jewish holidays, like maybe three or four times a year. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. And uh, Tom started coming with us. Um, I don't remember like at what point Tom started coming with us, but like they were always like my family is like the best family. Like they're Aww. they're so like welcoming and nice. Like they were always, you know, welcoming Tom and, you know, they never made it like about my dad. It was always just like this is who like Lynn is seeing now. And it was great. And I and, also feel like that tracks for just like what Judaism is kind of at its core. Yeah. Where it's just like invite everybody to the table, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah that was like that was always something that my family was really good about like we've had like friends like join us like you know for like the celebrations like mm-hmm. it's like you you're just like if you're invited like you're part of the family yeah that, so. that that's like I feel like like Jewish culture like the like is very similar to Italian culture like, yeah like a bubby and a and a nona are like the same they're like, I must feed you. You are my grandchild immediately. Like they have this very similar energy I found uh, in like, like I, I'm, 
uh, Italian on my mom's side and I've worked with, uh, with several Jewish families and like closely with the grandmothers. And I'm like, and we always would talk about how it's like, they're like, Oh, you're Italian. You get it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like in terms of talking about my dad. Yeah. It was, it was never anything that like felt strange or like I couldn't do it. And I always like, I really appreciate that. Like even now, like they'll yeah. just be like, um, my family i i watch star trek like a lot of star trek (laughs) it's been like my main source of entertainment during the pandemic and it was like and it was something that my dad liked too and like tom loves it too so it's like it's sort of like my and my mom and my mom as well so it's like my whole family together because of star trek i love that (laughs) but yeah but and it's like and it's never weird that like you know they've been into the same things or you know that i'll bring it up and be like oh my dad used to like that like yeah it's just good to have that you know sort of like being able to talk about it and it not being like strange yeah I do know that I do know that when I was a kid I maybe wasn't always as sensitive to it as I could have been like I know that Mm. I I messed up at one point and um I forgot his late wife's name and I sort of like you know brushed over it but like I didn't phrase it correctly and my mom said like later like she was very nice like you know that was like very hurtful like you know if you could be like more conscious of it in the future and I was and I still remember that so it's like you know definitely if you know you're a kid in that situation or you know just tell your you, you know your child just to be mindful of the fact that they've lost a partner and you know and especially if you know you're in a relationship where you know you're also widowed or something you know you'll know what that's like and you can sort of yeah. you know explain it to the kid in those terms but I think that was really the only time where like there was any sort of like tension over it and it was it wasn't something that became awkward in the moment like my mom yeah. told me after the fact, afterwards so. yeah yeah so but that's like the only thing that I can really remember where it was maybe like a little bit of a like problem in that way Mm -hmm. but obviously I you know I I became aware of it and I worked like to fix it ever since yeah and also like you were a kid and yeah you know your mom was aware that like hey like I'm just gonna gently let you know that like that hurts someone and like also right we were uh we talk about this a lot but like it's important to tell kids like hey you hurt my feelings when you said that or like right or like that you know like that's how how else are kids gonna learn right you know, that kind of, you know, like emotional intelligence of like, hey, other people have feelings and like the <laughs> things that I say and do like affect them. And sometimes even if I don't intend to hurt someone's feelings, like that can still happen. Yeah. Right. And it's not just like, oh, if I didn't do it on purpose, whatever, I don't have to like, I don't have to make changes or apologize or whatever. And I think that that's like something really important. And Again, it's just about yeah. like modeling for kids, you know? Yeah. And that's something a lot of adults still have problems with. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we get, we get very defensive sometimes. Well, I didn't mean to. Well, yeah don't hurt my feelings (laughs) Uh, well I'm sorry you feel that way oh my gosh so we Tom and I were talking a little bit earlier about they they had experienced two different step parents and they felt that one you know sort of like forced a relationship with them and that that was really like kind of counterproductive and didn't work for them and so like you know do you did you feel like Tom was like more chill about that or did he kind of you know I feel like he has a very chill energy but having (laughs) met him but um yeah. yeah. So the the thing that always really mattered to me that um, I I don't even know if I had told my mom about this until somewhat recently was he we, because like I said my sister was into sports like it was always 
really easy to find things to do with her. Yeah. Like she always had sports games, you know, that we were mm-hmm. going to, or um, we would see like certain teams play. Like he liked going to watch sports. So again, I would come mm-hmm. along with the book. And, you know, <laughs> and it was, you know, we, there was, a, and my sister is into like all sports. So it's mm-hmm. like soccer, hockey, like baseball. You know, I think like the one that we didn't do was like football. But like, That's you fair. know, she loved like, you know, so many sports. So like it was always like so easy to find things to do with her that like, that was never a problem and for me um my interests were always more solitary and sort of like hard to do things with so like I liked books and I went to the movies with him and my mom a lot like that was one thing that we did but um other than that I know that Tom got to a point where he sort of felt that like we were doing so much for my sister and we were going out of our way to do like so many sports games and things that he felt kind of bad and he emailed me privately I was maybe like maybe like 11 or 12 I think he had been in our family a a little longer by then and he was like if you you know want to do something or there's like something that you really want to do like just ask us he's like you know yeah like and it was like it was really meaningful to me because he was like I feel like so bad because I feel like we've sort of been like doing so much for Tara and sort of like neglecting you so after then was um and then and I I always sort of tell the story because when I was in uh high school I um so one of the things that we then started doing sort of after that point was we saw like more like theater together and he took Mm -hmm. us to like a few book signings you know like things that were like more in line with my interests and um so like I said we live in Long Island and I got really into the Little Women musical and there was a production (laughs) (laughs) there was a production and I I always said Maryland it may have been somewhere different but it was like a few states away and because like I said because like I said, Tom was a commuter. He was used to like driving, going to different places. So I found like, it, again, like early, earlier days of the internet, I like Googled and I like found that there was going <laughs> to be a production of the Little Women musical like several states away. And I was like, well, you said that if I wanted to oh do something, I only had to ask. That's so and they, t- and they took me. And oh my so, gosh. And so like and and I'll tell the story to my and I'll tell the story to my mom and I'll be like, he said that I had to ask. You didn't have to say yes. I was like, you know. <laughs> I love that though. That's so that's just like so sweet. And yeah, I- so that was always like something that was really meaningful to me. And like another like silly thing is that when he was joining our family and my mom was telling us you know that we were going to meet him and she was sort of like describing him a little and he's six three and I'm like you know like John Mulaney said like I was very small like I'm a child and she said like okay well he's very tall and I was like oh like Hagrid (laughs) because like that was my point of reference for a tall tall. (laughs) so when we so like when we met and like I know like I'm you know again I'm like you know 10 years old and I'm like yammering on about Harry Potter and so like he came to the movies with us because um my mom had uh friends that she and my dad were friends with and again like more people that knew my dad that welcomed tom so we went to like the harry potter movies with them and then like tom actually like liked the harry potter movies so he um started listening to like the harry potter audiobooks like so he could like talk about them with me and oh um, my god yeah and so like there was things like that and then the the thing that still makes me laugh to this day was that um like two months after my dad passed away is when spongebob came onto tv for the first time and it was probably the first thing 
after the fact that I remember really like making me laugh and like making me happy. So I I liked SpongeBob. And since we were always like traveling with sports games and stuff, we would be in like hotel rooms or things and I would be, you know, awake before the rest of the family. So I would be like watching cartoons and stuff and I would be watching like SpongeBob. Mm -hmm. And he saw me watching SpongeBob and I guess he like, you know, started like watching it too a little. And then like a few years later when I was in like middle school, like he took me to like the SpongeBob movie and it was like and he wore this like SpongeBob shirt that I got him. So like he and that he is like so cute and like to this day like he'll say that he like likes spongebob so and i never felt that that like you said that it was like forcing a relationship with me yeah. like he was like if he tried like something that i was interested in like he always like really genuinely like took an yeah. interest and you know sometimes he'll be like do you have one of like your jane austen movies like can we Aww. watch like one of them so he's always been like really good about that and i never felt that it was like trying to buddy up to me or yeah be, like, yeah that's so that's i felt similarly similarly about tom and one like we we never uh we weren't like super we're never super close like mm-hmm. i love him and he loves me and like i know that but we're not like best friends and we don't have yeah you know he he's like he likes to hunt and fish and, <laughs> and i'm like uh, i have done that uh, in harvest moon the video game like uh, <laughs> i don't know um uh i i, oh, I like pretend to hunt sometimes in rpgs <laughs> I shot a boar the other day, actually. Um, <laughs> it immediately turned into leather and meat. Um, but, uh, but you know, so we were never had that like buddy buddy relationship. But there were like two instances that I that I thought of that were like really meaningful to me. And one was before. So he and my mom have been dating, and I don't know if I had met him in person. I think he came out and I met him once, but mostly my because they were living in different states. Mostly it was they would talk a lot, and sometimes he would talk to me, whatever. Like we would talk while he was on speakerphone. One time, uh, he he called me and he was like, "I want to propose to your mom. Is it okay with you?" And he like asked me. He asked me for my mom's hand in marriage, <laughs> and I thought that was so cute. And I was like, "Yes, of course." And then he was like, "Okay, now let's sneakily get her ring size." And so <laughs> I I went, and so she had ring sizers because my aunt had passed away on my dad's side, uh, my like great aunt, and she had left a bunch of rings. And my mom was trying to sell them on eBay, so she had bought ring sizers. <laughs> and uh, one day I was like in high school, and I. <laughs> Went to my mom and was like, hey, I'm thinking about buying this ring on eBay, but I don't know what size I am. Do you mind if I use your ring sizers? And then I was like, what size are you? (laughs) (laughs) And then I just like (laughs) casually got a ring size and like called Tom back and we like sneakily, you know, planned the proposal. But it was it was really cute. And I really like appreciated that he thought to not just like even I would have appreciated even if he just like gave me a heads up. If he's yeah. like, hey, I'm going to propose to your mom. He, like, asked for her hand in marriage, which I thought was super sweet. I think he asked my grandparents, too. I, I'm, But don't quote me on that. But then – and then another time when I when I came out as trans, like, again, he's, like, not very huggy, not very touchy. <laughs> and he just, like, hugged me and was like, hey, like, no matter what, like, you're my kid. Aww. You know? And it was, like, just really sweet. And it was, like, that's, you know, something that Tom and I were talking about is, like, it's not always that super best friend relationship, right? But it's yeah. about those meaningful gestures that are genuine not force forceful of like you know i want to be your favorite parent so like i'm gonna you know do this for you do that for you right there's like no ulterior motive it's just like genuine so you know in in kind of like kid friendly terms i don't know why this would why this would ever happen to you tracy you're just (laughs) you're just working at target and some kids like hey what's a blended family um how how would you answer besides where's your parent i think like you said it's sort of it's more it's 
to me it's like it's making people aware you know especially in like educational settings that like Mm -hmm. a family can really just look like anything yeah and i feel like we're we're getting more to that point like now that there is more awareness of like you know moms and moms and dads and dads and like Mm -hmm. single parents but and uh two people and three bunnies yeah and like (laughs) and like you know like i was saying before you know like my mom was saying about there being like so few resources you know back Mm -hmm. then it's like Mm -hmm. now with the internet like there's so much awareness yeah but like even so you'll look at like popular media and everything is still like representation yeah yeah, like very heteronormative and things like you know so it would mostly just be you know to me just saying to a kid that like anybody can be a family like you don't have to be related by blood you know you don't have to you know and it could be you know anything really and you know some kids you know you have you know some kids like have lots of aunts and uncles or mm-hmm. you know we have like i was just saying before we had um family friends that um was uh friends of my dad's that sort of became part of our family so we had like pete and joe they were like you know friends of <laughs> ours that were sort of like aunts and uncles like i think my mom is um their like godparent you know to one of their kids yeah so it's like you know your family can really just be and like we're saying like you know jewish people just like folding anyone into the family like (laughs) you know like families can just be like whatever like group of people you feel is like your people basically yeah i love that so much and that sort of like touches on like the idea of chosen family too yeah of like you know just choosing the people that you want in your life and also like we were talking a little bit about this earlier tom and i about like um just because someone's related to you doesn't mean you have to like them and like flip side like right there can be people who are closer to me than my family that aren't related to me like I have you know dear friends who are you know closer to me than some of my relatives right and Mm -hmm. I think that that's okay and I think that there's this idea that like because people are related to us we have to like love them absolutely and be super close with them and like yeah some of the people that I'm related to like aren't good people (laughs) like that's okay especially like as we get older that's something that I see a lot of people I know like struggling with and Mm -hmm. like especially because like with this political climate and like things that are going on it's like you might learn things about your family that you didn't necessarily want to know or you know like you know so it's something that like definitely needs to get reinforced a little more and you know like told to like kids especially like it's okay (laughs) you know you know maybe don't say it directly to their face but you know it's it's okay if you have those feelings so before we sort of start to wrap things up i just have one last question which is uh do you know do you have any kind of advice for parents and blended families or for kids i guess but just you know maybe how to sort of make that adjustment period go more smoothly or how to you know foster meaningful relationships like i said i think um sort of not forcing the child to use like titles they don't want to is a big thing you know because you know that was never forced on me we were always sort of allowed to make our own decisions about that and um something my mom and I were talking about was um she you know my mom was sort of in a very unique situation that um she had my dad and then uh when she met Tom like Tom was the first person she dated like after the fact and she wasn't so she wasn't like dating around beforehand and it wasn't like I know that for a lot of people they're sort of like you know like they're you know parent will have like partners and it's kind of like when do you introduce the partner to the kid is it too soon like you know what happens when you break up like we never had that so I don't have like advice on like that sort of situation but I know that that's something that like a lot of people have to deal with and like figure out how to negotiate with kids but I think it's it's really just you know 
doing what feels right for your family. Like kids will have different levels of like how willing they are to accept it or, you know, how they'll feel like if the relationship. Yeah, like meeting them where they're at is so important. Yeah. And it's just like, you'll know your kid and like, you know, how they'll react to something or, you know, and and I know certain people, you know, other people I know at blended families where like their parent broke up with a partner, but like they still see that person. Like, Mm -hmm. even if it's been like, you know, years, like they still have a relationship. I am still friends with all of my ex-boyfriend's moms on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm, but like, they don't like something and like their siblings too. Like my yeah. first, my first high school boyfriend, who you know, um, I'm still <laughs> friends with his mom and his youngest sister on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> like that was like I don't know, 15 years or whatever. But it's re- it's really funny how that works sometimes. And I remember even as a young kid, like I, you know, I was in like 11th grade or whatever, however old, 14 maybe. Uh, I was like, oh, but I'm gonna miss his family. <laughs> like we're not right for each other, but I like his family. <laughs> Yeah. Can I just keep them and, you know, get rid of him? (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those things where like for different people, like it means different things, but like, Mm -hmm. as long as you're willing to like support your kid and what that looks like, like, I think that's like a really important thing too. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, So it says uh, we're wrapping things up here. Do you have any, uh, any resources um, about this topic? It could be for kids, adults, it could be books, TV shows, whatever you can think of. So I had a really hard time thinking of this for a while. Which says a lot about media representation. And like, even my mom was saying that like with a lot of things, she like sort of like tried not to watch because it was like the evil step parent or. The first thing I thought of when you were like, oh, I can't think of anything. I was like, oh, Cinderella is not good enough for you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's like literally the only like step parent thing yeah. I could think of <laughs> and it's it's really a shame and so I I came up with a few including that one that I just mentioned before as we were talking so um the one that I would say for adults is probably one of the best like fictional re- representations of what I've seen and I know you've seen it is mm-hmm. um the fosters oh my, it's good for s- representation of so many things yeah and it's, ama- it's, it's an amazing show because um one of the things that I really liked about that is there's a moment really early on where the, the setup of the show is there's a mom, uh, Steph, who used to be married to this man named Mike. And then she met a woman named Lena and she ends up, you know, really being with Lena. She and Mike are divorced, but they have this son named Brandon. It comes to a head at one point where uh, Steph and Mike have made this parenting decision involving Brandon and they didn't include Lena. Mm. And Lena is really upset and she and Steph are having this argument in the kitchen and she says, I've never felt more like a step parent in my entire life and she goes on this like really funny rant about how she'll be like the good time stepmom and she's like you want some cocaine like sure and it's like (laughs) you know and it's and it's sarcastic but it's something that really stayed with me because I was like that and when that aired I was maybe like 19 Mm -hmm. and I was like I think that's one of like the first times I've actually watched a show where they've actually let a step parent be like you excluded me and that makes me feel really horrible yeah because that's like again like emotional intelligence like that's not really a conversation that like media is like up to at this point (laughs) and it's like and it's so bad to think about because like i said like there are so many different types of families that like Mm -hmm. the fact that we don't see that more often is so annoying i think that's why representation is so important especially especially with young kids like i i think about this a lot just because i'm sort of in this world but like in the picture book world like it's so important Uh, to have books that represent different kinds of families and different kinds of people so that right like when kids are going outside like let's say i don't live in an area where for example there's a lot of black people Mm -hmm. uh but i'm reading books and we're seeing black people in books right 
and then we go outside one day and there's a black person they're not going to be like what's happening <laughs> you know like you don't yeah they're gonna you don't want you know and then often the kids have that kind of reaction and you're like oh you know shh, like don't you yeah. know, and if your kids do have that kind of reaction please don't shush them and just like you know ex- explain things to them and maybe explain that like it's not you know totally appropriate doesn't maybe make people feel good when you like yell like look at that person yeah um but like at the same time your question's still valid and we can talk about it but like i think that's why it's so important to have that representation in the first place so that it's not all of a sudden like oh it's this weird thing that i don't know about it's like oh wait you have two moms what it's like oh i read a book about someone with two moms that's cool yeah you know it's just like and that's why media representation really needs to like you know i feel like what we have even in like talking about like two mom or two dad families which is like so 2000s come on yeah (laughs) but like um but like even in talking about stuff like that which like we should be way beyond that in kids media there might be like one episode where a parent brings their kid over first Uh and it's two dads yeah like oh so brave like no (laughs) you know we should be that the protagonists of the show should have to or like whatever like this is like old this should be old hat by now like it shouldn't be like and that's not even like the most you know that's like the least like progressive it's thing we should be dealing bar. with at this point. Yeah, yeah exactly thank you that's what i'm trying to say and like my mom and i were having this conversation because you know this was you know when i lost my dad it was like you know over 20 years ago mm-hmm. and um we're so old tracy yeah I know. <laughs> and um one of the things that we talked about was and like now we're saying like sadly the world has changed but um when i lost my dad uh my second grade teacher had been teaching for 25 years mm-hmm. and she had never had a student lose a parent mm-hmm. and like now it's different because not long after that 9-11 happened where yeah. I didn't know anyone my age that lost a parent, but I'm sure that obviously like it happened. That was like in our district, but I'm sure, you know, especially because we lived on Long Island, we knew a lot of people whose yeah. parents worked in the city. And then now, unfortunately, with COVID, a lot of people have, you know, lost parents. So I sense that the culture is going to be different now. Yeah. But when I was young, I know it was hard for me because... I was the only person almost in an entire school district, you know, me and my sister were like the only people who had lost parents. And um, (laughs) something I I sort of wanted to bring up was that back then the required reading for my district, like every single year, the summer reading or like signed reading was like dead parent, dead sibling, dead, like just death in the family. And it was like, so much of what I had to read was very triggering for me, mm-hmm. but because I was like the only person in the district that was a trigger for, like it didn't really get talked about. <laughs> yeah. And it was, and because of that, like I know that even when I was in college, I like I was watching Glee with like you know friends, and there are widowed characters on that show, and it was mm-hmm. like there was something in the portrayal that was upsetting to me, and I yeah. said something, and a friend of a friend like dismissed my experience and it was kind of like you don't know that because you haven't lived it and I have and like there wasn't that awareness of it and it's something that I've run running into less now but I know that I had a lot of problems with growing up and it's just like if we can get kids to you know recognize these topics early on and have that awareness about them it would be great but there's like still so little representation that it can still be like such a hard thing that's why I always say like even if right you're not going through a divorce or even if your family is not experiencing like loss of a parent or things like that still read books about those things yeah where someone has you know lost a parent or someone has because then it's bringing that awareness you know and don't don't think that a book isn't 
targeted for you because it's not about an experience that you've like of course it's important to have our experiences represented but also like it's important to learn about other experiences and other kinds of people and I think that uh, parents often think like oh that book's not for me and like it is for you totally and that sort of um feeds into the the next thing I was going to mention is um the babysitters club is actually a really good like representation of a (laughs) lot of different things that those book series yeah the book series or the show um, so there's the new Netflix show, which um, sort of is like a more like modern take mm-hmm. on like certain things. And then there's there's actually a series of graphic novels that's going on right now. For what? Kids. And um, and I love them. I've like I'm a thir- like, I'm a 30 year old woman, and I've read like so many of the graphic novels. <laughs> like people will come looking for them at work, and I'm like, oh, this is the new one. Like this one is good. Like you know, and, and they're looking at me and like you're 30 years old. Why have you read these? But um, yeah, they're um, and they both like the graphic novels are more in the vein of the books. They're a little bit more traditional, and um, the show added like a lot more diversity, and like they're both like great. And I think that one of the things I like is that they have sort of different family dynamics because there's um, one of the lead girls, Christy, her mom has remarried this guy named Watson. And you see that um, she has to sort of get used to Watson and she's still dealing with feelings like, Oh, you know, I would love if my dad could come back, you know, but then she has to sort of, you know, deal with those feelings. And Watson also has a child from his previous marriage who uh, Karen, where in her books, you see her dealing with a lot of like, I live at two houses and like, you know, I yeah. have like, things at this house. And like, so that's like great for kids. Cause I remember that I was reading those books when I was a kid and like, it wasn't until I got older that I made friends that whose parents were divorced. And it's yeah. like, you know, so like that introduced me to the concept of like divorce and like blended families from like a really young age. And then more relevant to my experience, there's um, Marianne whose father <laughs> is widowed and um, you see him uh, forming a relationship with, um, the mom of one of the other girls is somebody that he used to date when he was young and like they sort of like connect that relationship so they also you know have an example of like you know a a widower parent who like moves on remarries and they become like a step family and that's like definitely like one of the best representations i've seen of that like for kids and it's great that's i loved babysitter's club when i was a kid yeah it was one of my favorite i had like all of them it was one of my favorite series yeah i definitely like for um for kids and adults that netflix show like is amazing yeah i I heard it was great maybe from you i don't yeah I don't remember. Tracy likes to tell me what to watch. (laughs) All the good stuff. So uh, a few more that um, I remember was, uh, it took me a second to think of it, but uh, around the time it was happening for my family, Rugrats was introduced. Yes, Rugrats. Yeah, they were introducing the blended family. What blended family was there? Yeah, uh, Chaz remarries and Chucky gets a step-sibling and a step-mom. Yeah. Who's the the step-sibling? Kimmy. Is it Kimmy? Okay, I remember this now. Yeah, so, like, that was really good, too, because it was, they do really well with his dad being widowed, for one thing, and then uh, later on it becomes um, a multi-ethnic family, because Kim and her mom are Asian, so, like, they always did a really good job with that. Full House, actually, I was just, when I was talking about my mom, I was like, oh, yeah, Full House, because I felt that they did a really good job um, acknowledging that the mom had passed away that you know for kids that was you know something that can be really difficult and they also um to me I always felt they did a really good job with Aunt Becky sort of um serving that place in the girls lives and showing that like you can have more than one person in your life like they had like Joey and Jesse and you know like I always really thought that that was one of the shows that 
sort of captured what it felt like for me as a kid Aww. that you know had lost a parent and was dealing with like having different people in your life take that place and yeah, the one that I mentioned before was um Falsettos which is a musical that I think is originally from the 90s and um that I came to as an adult and it's definitely one that really felt like my experience well, there because, there was a revival semi yeah um yeah. yeah and it was um and there's a recording of that that um can be viewed so like that's at, or the um oh really yeah there's a like professional link to that i'll link it in the show notes uh yeah they put it on like pbs it's on like broadway hd and everything ah. and um and it's about like a you know a big like jewish blended family and the um the father leaves the family to be with another man and the mother remarries and um and it also deals with uh death in the family and the way that it showed you know that relationship you know of the the mother remarrying and negotiating you know your father having a new relationship was definitely something that as an adult I was watching it and I was thinking like wow my mother and I had like these same conversations when I was a kid (laughs) and so it's definitely something that I I think and like we were saying is you know representation beyond like the heteronormative you know like um, and they have you know in the second act they have like lesbian neighbors next door that are also like helping (laughs) them and like coming to the baseball games and you know so it's definitely something that's not just that like standard like heteronormative family that you're always seeing so yeah those are the things that definitely I would recommend that you know I I think that like they would be good for kids to see and you know for adults to see and sort of get a better sense of like what's out there beyond those like standard depictions of the family yeah it's unfortunate that there isn't a lot of stuff for kids you know it's like it's, it's more like older kids or you know, like, for example, like, I've, I've known, like, teenagers who have watched The Fosters, but, like, there's a that handles a lot of really serious stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's unfortunate that there isn't a lot of stuff for younger kids. Yeah, um, I was really having a tough time when I was thinking of it. I even was, like, trying to find books, they're all just, like, like, kids' books. Like, I've been doing research trying to find some good ones, and they're, it's like the Heather has two mommies equivalent about stuff. <laughs> it's like, it's like a kid who's like, oh, like, he's like, I don't even remember which book this was. So sorry if you wrote this book. Um, but uh, basically it was like a kid and he, he has to like take pictures like he of, of he's it's like his school assignment to like take pictures and learn about someone else's family. And he's like going to this other person's house. He's like, Oh, you have like, you know, this is what your family's like. And <laughs> step sibling. it's like very, oh my just God. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there was one that page that I literally stopped reading and it was, uh like all of the like there were a lot of step siblings it was like some brady bunch level stuff and uh they were all making snacks together and the kid was like is it always a circus oh my god ew (laughs) get out book so tracy write a children's book (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's how i felt about like when we did adhd i was like i need to write a book right now yeah the only book i could find was a book there's a great book called Just Ask by Sonia Sotomayor. Yes, we stock and it at Target. <laughs> it's great. Get it. Go to Target if you're in the States and not here where we don't have Target because they tried to brand themselves as a discount yes. store and a competitor of Walmart and it didn't work. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's good because it, it basically it goes through. We've talked about it before, but it goes through and it's it's like, you know, I'm so-and-so and I have this. And it talks about different kinds of disabilities and different things. Like, I mean, one of them is like a nut allergy. One of them, you know, uh, someone has diabetes and, um, you know, those those kinds of things. But one one of the kids has ADHD and it's a really great representation, but we literally could not find a book like about a kid with ADHD that we liked. Like there was one that I picked. And then as I was reviewing it, I was like, actually, I hate this book. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, as we were talking through it, I was like, no, don't buy this book. <laughs> I reviewed this book to tell you not to buy it. Um, but like, yeah, it was, it's just interesting. The certain, certain topics where I feel like, you know, for example, like um, same sex, uh, you know, families and things like that, like same sex parents. I feel like now there's like a f- the market is flooded with books yeah. that have that thing. And I'm like, OK, guys, we're ready to move on to the next one. You know, I'm like the one thing I'm always looking for in books that I never see is like size differences in folks. Yeah. Um, Like I was reading a book. I'm actually going to be talking about it uh, in the future because it's a great book, um, but it's called Salma the Syrian Chef. Uh, okay. And it's it's about a little girl um, who her mom and her came over from Syria. They're refugees. They're in Vancouver, whatever. And uh, and and she her mom is like, I'm reading it as she's depressed, like you know, and she's just very busy. She's going to English classes and doing all this stuff. And she's she, basically the kid is like, she hasn't smiled, you know, since yeah. we came here. And and so she she gets the help of the people at her welcome center, and they make her a traditional dish from from syria and you know she smiles whatever but in that book i was like there are people of different sizes i know like there's like a woman who's fat in this book i'm like correct there are people who are fat like you know and it's like that's i think it's so important there are so many different kinds of representation that like so many different groups that are just underrepresented in children's books and um and i'm like but they exist in the world yeah like Like, i said you're gonna see them (laughs) I think that's something I think about a lot is, you know, like even watching the Babysitter's Club, like Netflix series, I'm like, so I'm 30 years old. And like, if I'm watching a show or reading a book, and I'm like, this is the first time I've seen this real life yep. thing in a piece of media. It's like, that's sad. That's not great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, uh, yeah, as we just wrap things up, I'm just curious, uh, you know, if you have any personal projects that you'd like to plug. I know you've been on many podcasts. <laughs> just a fancy (laughs) podcast guest Tracy Uh, and then uh, where people can find you on the internet if you would like to be found so yes I have been on other podcasts there's a site called Podchaser where if Mm -hmm. um, you look me up by name it has like a list of all my guest appearances what (laughs) nothing that's uh, I I can give you that link actually yeah Um, but like do you have to like sign up for it or is it just like a Uh, no it should like I think it automatically indexes like most podcasts so yours probably will be on there looking at this right now (laughs) And yeah, you can sign up as like a creator and like, you know, own your thing. And yeah, one of the creators of the podcast that I was on, like turned me onto it. I was like, thank you, because this is really convenient. And um, yeah, so nothing that's super relevant to this show. But um, I've uh, talked about like Jane Austen and things on other podcasts. I've been on a few like, you know, book or movie shows so that people might like if they like that kind of thing. Similarly, I'm on uh, Instagram at um, I'll give Seth the link. It's a trail day T. T-R-A-I uh, period all period day and um, that's mostly where I am it's mostly just my mundane life and what I'm reading but <laughs> <laughs> if you want to follow me there I am always willing to meet new people <laughs> amazing well thank you so much for joining us it's been it's been really nice also just like chatting with you but anyway thank you so much for being here it's been such a pleasure yes uh, it's so great thank you and remember stay rad I'm Tom Zalatni, executive producer of the Upford Network and host and producer of Up for Discussion, a podcast about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. But wait, isn't Up for Discussion a comedy podcast? It sure was, but things change. It's a food show now. 
and it's a very, very good food show. Every week, I dig into a different ingredient, dish, meal, or cuisine, with help from friends and guest experts who know way more about this stuff than I do. Do you like food? Of course you do, you're a person. So you will like this show. Go listen to it. Wherever you get your podcasts. Up for discussion. It's a food podcast now. Brought to you by the Upford Network. I'm October Jones, Hi, and this I'm is... I'm fish with legs. I'm a fish with legs. Fish. I'm the elemental creature of water, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish with Legs, starring me and my best friend... <laughs> October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish with Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends, and go on adventures, and get captured a lot, and escape a lot, and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends, and authoritarianism, and colonialism, and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish With Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- Wait for adults and kids. (sighs) New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts, and of course, on the Upford website.